0: You're listening to Your Financial Compass with Scott Vallon. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees so you can make well-informed decisions about your financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional holistic planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bullman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bullman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has made a difference in his clients' lives by providing financial leadership.
1: Hello there again, folks. This is Scott Vallon with the Your Financial Compass podcast. And first off, we're happy that you're tuning in. As we've told you in the past, every episode we want to dig into a different topic. We want to go on deep dives into things that we get asked about, things that we do and give you hopefully give you some useful tips that you can use in your own situation or you can ask us about. And we thought you know, you have, there was an episode where we talked about ourselves and today our very first topic we want to get into financial planning. What is a financial plan? What isn't a financial plan? The things that go into it and kind of flesh it out from there. And joining me again is Chris Bullman, the president and founder of Bullman Wealth Group, as he's sitting here with me now looking at his notes. And I'm going to chat with Chris for a while today about financial planning because it's what we do at the end of the day. And we want to just tell you about um, some of the things that we look for when we're creating plans. And one of the biggest things, Chris, well, Chris, thanks for being here, first off.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. This is um, your financial compass, right? And that's what a financial plan is. It should, it's meant to be a compass for the rest of your life financially. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to get started.
1: So Chris, I think one misconception about financial plans is when, in some instances, when people come in to see us, say they're meeting us for the first time, they'll say, well, I have a plan and they'll you know, show us their portfolio. Maybe it's a 401k, maybe it's some various investment accounts, and they think that is a plan. So I guess let's just start there because that's where a lot of times these conversations go when, when they start. Tell me first off, maybe what isn't a financial plan when we're doing them? That.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And there are, by the way, a lot of good firms out there, a lot of good companies um, besides Bowman Wealth Group that do some great financial plans. So I just want to start there. Every, everyone out there isn't out to get you. Um, and everyone out there isn't trying to give you the best version of a financial plan. So, you know, hopefully today we'll help you to discern what a financial plan is and what you need to be looking for. And, um, again, it, it should act as a compass for what we do next and a financial plan. What it is not is a, a group of statements showing how much you have in mid cap, small cap, large cap value, you know, fixed bonds, annuity. That is not a financial plan. A financial plan. Should be a robust uh, plan that takes into account all the different things you have going on in your life financially: assets, income streams, taxes, risk, cost, opportunity cost, actual cost, gifting, inheritance, all kinds of other things. And budgeting, budgeting Mm -hmm. is huge, and that's one of the problem. That's one of the things we see a lot of times. People do come in with maybe their version of a financial plan, and you ask, "Okay, well, what's your monthly outflow?" Well, what do you mean? Well, where do you spend your money? And they always know what their mortgage is, and outside, maybe mm-hmm. a car payment. Outside of that, it's um, it's usually pretty sketchy and rough, right? So, uh, so we help people understand that budgeting is a vital item and, and part of your financial plan. And if you just look at the government, we always complain about how how does the government spend so much money? They can't manage anything. And then we, but how are we doing personally, uh, our listeners? How are we doing right now with our budgets? Are we? Do we know how much we spend? And how does that fit with how much we're investing? And, you know, our 401k, our 403b, our rental homes, our vacation homes, our private loans, our trust accounts, our inheritances, and all these things, they all play, it's like juggling balls. Like you can juggle one or two. Some of us, I can juggle three. Some people can (laughs) juggle four, five, six. But you don't want to be juggling those financial assets. You want to have them all working together in a plan. So uh, I love it. I love doing financial planning. I know you do too. And I know you have some great stories that you'll share today Mm -hmm. and uh, just how a financial plan really opens people's Eyes to really maybe something they didn't know about five years down the road, fifteen years down the road what's going to happen you know what's going to hit in their plan and we can see this after we've developed a comprehensive plan
1: and you know those are all good points and one thing when sometimes when people ask me what is a financial plan I'll say one way to think of it if if, if it's an analogy is you've got all these different musical instruments you've got your guitar you've got your drums, you've got your keyboards you've got your singer that could be your pension that could be your social security it could be your um your budget it could be your um, investment accounts we want to make sure they're playing the same song because a lot of times people come in and they've got all these instruments and they're all playing in a different tune yeah or they're,
2: or they're playing in completely separate rooms right yeah and until you put them in the same room and they realize how bad it sounds they <laughs> now they have to learn how to play together and that's a i've never heard that story that's a that's a good way to look at it.
1: yeah in earlier we said a. uh, uh investment portfolio isn't a plan, it's not, but it's part of one. So let's talk about the parts. You've kind of referenced this in so many ways so far, but when we're doing a financial plan someone for someone, generally, if I could say that, we're looking at five areas. And we know one of them is investments. So that's one of the five. So what are some of the other four things that should be encapsulated within a plan?
2: Yeah, so we focus on what we call the five worlds of investing and financial planning, and the you know the first one is your actual investments and, and the the management of those assets. And again, those assets are going to be stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, rental homes, you know, anything that you're invested in that's a hopefully an appreciating asset. Uh, I wouldn't consider it most boats, cars, RVs, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> those pre- are
1: those are yeah, moving the other direction. Yeah,
2: those are uh, typically depreciating assets. Other than in COVID, during COVID, we saw. <laughs> We saw RVs actually increase in value, which uh, has now changed. They are decreasing again. But so we've got, number one, assets and retirement assets and and managing those assets. Number two, income planning. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We talk about getting to retirement age. Everyone wants to know, you know, when is retirement? And by the way, even that, everyone has a different definition. I, I get asked weekly, so what is retirement age? And I go, you know, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what's retirement age? When am I supposed to retire? Well, it could be 50. I have one client retired at 41. I mean, it depends. If you have the assets and you have the, the goal to do something different and we can create an income stream that supports it, retirement could be 40, 41. It could be, it could be 70, 75. It depends on the assets and the income stream. So it's so important to have an income plan because right now you're getting paid by Ford, Chevy, um, Kaiser, you know, Sutter Health, whoever your employer is, that's who's paying you now. But once you finish your last day of work, you get your last paycheck. Now... Who's going to pay you? And of course, it's going to be hopefully Social Security, any pensions you may have. It's going to be your own investments, your 401k, your IRAs, et cetera. So what is that income plan and how are we going to pay ourselves? And how does how does it get impacted by risk and tax and everything else? So those are the the first two. And I'll let you go ahead and share the next one in order here, number three.
1: Yeah. So generally, another thing we're looking at is tax planning. Not necessarily we're going to do your taxes but tax planning in regards to the contours of the investments because each different investment generally has a different tax ramification to it. So that might mean, you know, what order do we pull from accounts in retirement? Hey, I've got these different ta- I've got a taxable account or a brokerage account. I've got an IRA, I've got a Roth. Where do I pull from first? Sometimes there's a tax efficiency involved in where it comes from. So we want to look through that. You know, Chris, and I think that taxes are going to increase. You know, the current tax structure changes in three years, in 2025, and I think there's a good chance tax rates go up. So what are things that we can do now maybe to get out ahead of that in terms of, you know, Roth conversions? More and more companies are offering Roth 401ks. So looking into that, so tax planning um, in regards to the investments, and then, you know, Chris referenced an income plan You know, we can illustrate these things to see what your tax rates might be in the future. So we can say, hey, you know, if we don't make these changes now and your IRA keeps growing, you might owe fifty thousand dollars once you're in your seventies and you have to take your required minimum distribution. So that illustrates the tax issue, which we can say, hey, why don't we start pulling some out now so we can get out ahead of that And, and we won't have as much of a tax burden down the road. So we could go further into that. Yeah, let me, let me, just, hole,
2: let me just quickly because you you mentioned like four topics there that. I would it could bet could be their own well, their own podcast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was going to be my point. Uh, whether it's RMDs or you know we call it sometimes the tax bomb that's coming later. Uh, these will all be future podcasts. So if you're getting a little bit lost, you can quickly you know YouTube or Google some of these terms. But a lot of times people will look at that financial plan. They go to their accountant. Their accountant says you know put all your money in your 401k so you get a tax deduction, and they just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of a picture I saw in a book, a financial book, of two trees. Imagine this: if you're you're on Uh, this podcast and you're listening. There's two trees. One tree, there's 15 dogs at the base of the tree and they're all barking up this tree. Then there's another tree 50 yards away and it's got a cat up in the tree. And the point is, just because all the dogs are barking up the tree doesn't make it the right tree. So just because everyone says, well, you got to max fund your 401k, you got to do this and this, doesn't make it right. And so until you put that into your financial plan and see how that plays out 15, 20 years down the, the road, 10 years maybe down the road, It could, you could be creating some repercussions that uh, maybe you don't want to be creating. There's a better way to go uh, starting now. So it's important just to understand that. And all these, all these different terms that we'll throw out, uh, we will continue to cover those as we move forward. But this RMD thing that happens at age 72 is, is really important. And uh, we want to make sure that we see that. And you don't see that if you don't have a financial plan that shows you you know, what your assets and income look like at 72. Even if you're 42 now, we will show you what it looks like at 72.
1: Another thing that we look at, you know, the fourth kind of uh, branch is is legacy planning. You know, it's a very dramatic term in a sense, but a lot of our clients want to make sure that more of their money is going towards their beneficiaries and and less to the government or making sure that their property passes on. Certain states, you know, maybe a will does a trick, some you need to trust, like here in California, but Chris, legacy planning, for lack of a better phrase, is very important to folks too.
2: Yeah, and it's legacy um, can mean a lot of different things, but it's you know what's going to happen either while you're still alive but not able to you know say what you want to have happen. You need to have powers of attorney in place for financial and health care so that let's say you're in a coma or or uh, you're in a car accident, can't communicate. And nobody can pay your bills for you. Nobody can make health care decisions for you because you don't have those power of attorneys in place. So we want to make sure that that's in place and we do trust and legacy planning here in the office. Um, but also with respect to what do you want to have happen with that money?
1: What is the ultimate end goal? It's such... Just little things that maybe the average person doesn't think of because they're caught up in their own job or what they know. You know, when you're working with an advisor, generally they're going to think of things because they've done it before, like Chris has or like I have. And you know, the last of the five factors that we're looking at, which just kind of has some similarities to the, to the legacy, is, is healthcare planning. Folks are living longer than they ever have, you know, due to you know a number of reasons, including you know maybe improved healthcare. But the cost of that, you know, there's all kinds of alarming stats that talk about the cost of health care and, and, you know, how can we get out ahead of that? Sometimes this is something as simple as, hey, I'm 65, I'm starting um, Medicare soon, what's the matter? I need someone to explain Medicare supplements. Or sometimes people want to have maybe a side account to almost be a surrogate if there's a big medical emergency. So I guess, you know, Chris, when you're talking with folks, how does... Because medical planning can be its own podcast as well, but maybe in a nutshell, what are some of the things that we're looking for or should be looked for when someone's doing a financial plan on the healthcare end?
2: Yeah, I mean, first, what you're saying, it just reminds me, we don't know what we don't know. And I I think we we could say that over and over in any part of life. uh, Once you actually grasp what that means, we don't know what we don't know, and um, what, what Scott and I know and what uh, financial planners who do a lot of financial plans know is we have the experience of doing financial plans for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so we've been able to learn from pitfalls that they've been through in life. You know, somebody gets uh, disabled and can't work anymore and they, they've been planning, you know, maybe they're 45 years old and they're planning so that that person's going to make 150000 plus raises for the rest of their life and boom, disabled. Now what happens? Because not only do we not have their income anymore, now we have to pay for the, their care, mm-hmm. right? If we don't have any disability insurance, we, we don't have any income for them anymore. And we don't have that you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year going into the retirement accounts either. So we, we've got all these new issues now. So uh, when we're planning kind of with the end in mind, we have a financial plan in place. We're able to see what kind of pitfalls, headwinds, speed bumps may come along the way. Anytime that we see a maximum earner or the higher income earner, especially if there's only one income, we want to make sure that we're protecting that person's income and we're protecting uh, not only the, the income, but setting something up. Should that income not be there and there's no death, what do we do? If the income's not there and there is a death, make sure that we have life insurance. Um, so we're protecting different gaps and different reasons. But you know, with respect to health care planning, there's different reasons that you want to plan for that. One is independence. Um, now, there's different cultural aspects to it. Some people just like, it's part of the family dynamic. Like they, they're they expected to take care of their parents and their kids are expected to take care of them. And that's one way to look at it. But I, but I see a lot of people that say, I don't want that. I don't want, if there's a full-time caregiver and it's my own child, that means they're not spending time with their family. They're not um, able to earn a living anymore because they're taking care of me. And so they don't want to put that burden on someone and they want to have something in place. So we begin to talk about the idea of long-term care and what that would cost and how we can protect against that happening, whether it's asset-based long-term care, traditional long-term care insurance, or hybrid life insurance uh, long-term care. And we talk about the parameters. Going back to the first show, Scott, we, we talked about being transparent. So we don't Try to sell anyone any of these plans. What we do is we talk about each of the different options, what are the parameters of those options, and find out where the, the you know our clients want to go. But that, and then back to the financial plan. What does that do now for our financial plan? Does that shore up just like having auto insurance, you know, fire insurance on our home? Um, you know, hopefully those things never happen, but if they do, we have contingencies in place, and you want to have that in your financial life as well.
1: Well, since we've referenced financial plans a hundred times already, and folks are getting that in green in their head, a question we get a lot is, okay, when do we start it? We'll get folks that come in and they're introduced to us, and maybe they're in their 60s and they want to retire in a year or two years. Um, So it's a lot more obvious then. But think of their children, or think, like, I'm 42, when does someone in my vicinity age range start looking into it? So I guess where I'm going with this question is Chris, when is an optimal time to really start mapping this out and giving it thought and wanting to create a plan?
2: Yeah, so there's probably a couple answers there. You're not going to be if you're you know twenty years old and and uh, are listening and you've you've got a hundred dollars to invest, you're probably not going to be able to get a a comprehensive financial plan from a financial planner unless you're willing to pay thousands of dollars for it. Because, you know, on the other end of that line as a financial planner that is working for a living as well. Um, so in general, you're going to have to do some homework on your own. The earlier in life, you need to have a budget, you need to get out of debt, you need to invest regularly, and you need to know the difference between saving and investing. You need to protect your family. You need to plan with the end in mind. Where What's the end goal here? And let's back it up and let's plan for that. The mistake, Scott, that people make, and you know this, is they get their first job and they you know they go okay well I'm, my take home income maybe is going to be $4000 a month so that means i can afford 3000 in rent my car payment's 400 and it gives me 600 for food well there's nothing left over to invest right so uh, you need to plan with paying your future self first uh, and then everything else kind of comes after that uh, but i would say as soon as you are mature enough to comprehend your future. You should be thinking about, a, I mean, a financial plan. I wish they would teach this stuff in school. Oh, gosh, yeah. But, you know, later in life now, it's really important. And, and the the sooner that you can get a financial plan started, whether, again, you're working on it on your own or you're working with a comprehensive you know planner, the sooner the better is always the answer.
1: Are you trying to tell me that knowing the Pythagorean theorem is not more important than <laughs> how to balance a checkbook?
2: Boy, some of the things we learned in calculus, um, and yeah, it's it's kind of amazing some of the things when you go look back and see what we learned in school and how some of these things would be so much more helpful. I showed a, um, a client today, 15-year-old son, what if you just started, you put $2,000 in account for him and uh, just kind of make it a norm that that, that 15-year-old boy has to put $2,000 one time a year for the rest of their life. And it ends up being a substantial amount of money when he's 65 but that was mind-blowing to this person and this person was forty one that I was talking to so the sooner we can learn these learn how to use a compound interest calculator and it's not tough by the way Google it and then yeah. type in a few numbers and you'll have some answers but the sooner you can get that all of those are just sort of uh, small parts of how money grows you know compound interest things like that but a financial plan if you're listening and you're over 40 and you don't have a financial plan, you need to be talking to someone
1: mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. No, I agree with that. I would I would say on that note, the cutoff's probably 40 if, if you haven't yet. And, you know, then on the flip side, sometimes we'll talk to folks, maybe you're out there and you're already retired and you feel like, hey, I've got a pension, I've got this account, I've got this account, and I feel like I'm okay. But at the same time, you, you know, this, the surveys every year, one of the biggest fears for folks is outliving their money. And if folks are living longer... That money needs to last longer. So for someone that's already retired, that feels like they're already set but still has that inkling in the back of their head, you look at inflation now as we record, this is off the charts, it's over 8%, why is it also important, you talk about someone who's in their 40s, why is it important, do you think, Chris, to maybe review a plan if you're in your 60s or 70s, you're already retired, why might it be important at this stage or that stage of their life to have another plan? look at a plan if they've got one.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And if you don't have a plan in place, or even if you do, to get a second look, we do, you know, what we call results in advanced planning here. So when we when I look at a plan of someone who's sixty or sixty five, maybe they're just retiring or they've already retired, I'm looking at what do they have in place? And again, the main factors are income coming in and expenses going out. Right? Those are the kind of the main and then there's a bunch of headwinds and and speed bumps that we can talk about. But we're talking about those things. And some people are invested in accounts that are, as we speak here on October 4th at 4.30 p.m., You know their accounts are down 28% this year. And they're 70 years old. And they should not be down <laughs> that much. Maybe they should be down 8 or 10% for the year. Uh, but they're invested far too aggressively. And they don't understand, with the risk inherent in their portfolio, how that's going to affect them. So... We, you you want to look at that because, it, Scott, you remember in 2008, a lot of people, 2008 and nine, two 2001 and two, a lot of people had to go back to work. They thought they were retired and they had to go back to work. And we never want to see that here with anyone that we work with at, at Bowman Wealth Group.
1: So we could make this podcast probably a couple hours, but just to try and make it lean and mean, you've covered a lot of ground. If something you've heard today you want to talk more about, you can always reach us at office at bullmanwealth.com, so that's office at b-u-l-m-a-n wealth.com, and we'd we'll be happy to chat. So Chris, you know, since we've talked about some of the technicalities of it, and you've referenced a couple personal examples, I, I thought it'd be fun to, to end this show over these last few minutes kind of talking about maybe some of your favorite stories of plans that you've done, you know, just what it, maybe someone did, what it allowed them to do, you know, what just give me some of your favorite stories and I'll share a few of mine I thought that would be a good way to to wrap a ball on this
2: one yeah you know five years from now five years from today you'll be the same person you are today except for the books you read and the people you meet I thought that's a great quote and that reminds me of some people that we've met with that have come in and you know I take you know a look all their assets all their income streams all of their expenses their risk tolerance uh, the tax bracket they're in we take a look at all of that we put it into the financial plan and i've the, multiple times i've sat with people and said do you want to keep working and they say no i don't i said well why are you working and they say well i thought i had to mm-hmm. and i say you know we look at the plan i go i can't think of a single reason why you're still working unless you just love it and they're like no i hate my job <laughs> and so <laughs> right. uh, and that ha- has happened more than once and uh, like literally you could never outlive your money if you try your hardest Um, And then there's other times, you know, when I've literally done financial plans for young people in their 40s even, where maybe they're very high-income earners and there's a lot of money going into 401ks and uh, taxable investments. And when we're looking at a plan, they point right to age 72 and they go, what in the heck is that? And what they're pointing at is all of a sudden they have to take $300,000 a year of income That they
1: from their RMDs
2: from their retirement accounts. What's called a required minimum distribution. Once you turn seventy two, the government says, the IRS says, we have deferred your taxes long enough, and we want to get paid. So at seventy two, we don't care if you need income or not. You are taking income from your retirement accounts in the form of an RMD. So we have, I mean, we have one client in her high eighties, almost seven hundred thousand dollars a year she has to take in RMDs. So how do you solve that? Well you plan 30 years previous right and so that that's another benefit of a financial plan we see that a lot we see you know why is all of a sudden i have all this extra income in this year or why all of a sudden do i have less income and it it's a factor of the input right maybe all of a sudden the mortgage is paid off or or we had to get a new car or what whatever the input into the plan is all of a sudden when you see it all together uh things start popping out to you and it's it's always it always either brings people um clarity, and it removes the, the fear and uncertainty either way. Even if you know now, okay, I have to work an extra year, and I have to save more. Or if it's the opposite, wow, I've saved enough, I don't need to save anymore, or just that I'm on track. Whatever it is, the, the clarity brings the release from from the fear and uncertainty of the future. And that's really what, that's probably the best part of creating financial plans for people. It's not, you know, that, wow, you have $2 million, now we get to invest it and be your money manager. Like, that has nothing to do with it. The, The joy for me, and I know for you, comes from creating that plan and helping people to understand what their future is.
1: There's a phrase we use sometimes, math over emotions. You know, emotion plays in a a factor in decisions, but we want to see the math too. As you were saying, Chris, where the numbers add up that you can retire, or the emotional aspect of maybe you shouldn't buy that house, or maybe you can, but both play a factor in the decision and and sometimes the plan itself shows us the math angle so then we can answer those emotional questions of do i have to keep working we're at 30 minutes i felt like we covered a lot of ground chris appreciate you spending some time today chris is going to be on a lot of these episodes maybe not everyone but as many as we can get them on and anything else you want to add maybe that we didn't cover today that would be useful
2: yeah, I, I think just uh, having control of your own future is important, and a financial plan helps you get some control by removing that fear and uncertainty, whichever way it is. If, if the uncertainty is, do I have enough, or now we have the certainty that we need you to invest a little bit more, or you don't need to invest, whatever it is, we're going to be able to let you know. And um, I, that brings people comfort, again, whichever way it goes. And if you're listening right now and that's what you're interested in, certainly reach out to us and we'll be able to help out.
1: Mm-hmm. and like we said office at Bowmanwalt.com. but aside from that every podcast we release is going to be a different topic we joked earlier we could have had several topics and we will have several topics on some of the or shows on the topics that we discussed um, but thank you for tuning in um, we're thankful that you you, you listen and hopefully you took something away so we're going to end it there Um, This is Scott Vallon and Chris Bowman with the Bowman Wealth Group. We now have a minute and a half uh, disclosure for the lawyers, but tune in next time. We'll see you soon.
0: This show's content is for information purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or an indication of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Opinions expressed are solely those of Bullman Wealth Group and our editorial staff. The information contained in this material has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be A complete analysis of the materials discussed. Any statements of opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, Bowman Wealth Group, and Brookstone Wealth Advisors, registered investment advisors. Insurance products are offered and sold through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.